Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson. Hello, welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and my bulldog, Rodney, is beside me as usual. Today, we're living the dream with my buddy, Brian Guest, who's a friend of mine from the college days back at Murray State University. Brian is a very successful chiropractor in Nashville, Tennessee, but today, we're going to be living the dream by reminiscing about one of our favorite rock bands of all time, Motley Crue. For those who have followed Motley Crue over the years, you've probably heard the names of Vince Neil, Tommy Lee, Nikki Six, and Mick Mars, with such classics such as Dr. Feelgood, Girls, 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 and more. We're actually going to evaluate some of their great albums, such as the Dr. Feelgood album, the Girls, Girls, Girls album, and more. So, Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show and living the dream as we reminisce about Motley Crue. Hey, Ben. Ben, good to hear from you, buddy. I'm, I'm honored to be able to talk to you about this. It's one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, when my when I was a young kid and my cousins got me interested in music, of course, you wanted to be like your older cousins, right? Yeah. So uh, they introduced me to the hair metal bands, and Motley Crue just kind of was my, was my gig. I liked them from the get-go. Yeah. Well, the thing with Motley Crue is, um, for those who don't know, they actually are a Los Angeles-based band. They were formed in 1981. But when you think of like the glam rock and the, the rock of the 80s, Motley Crue is at the top of the list, probably with Guns N' Roses, as one of the top bands of that era. I mean, you know, and just legendary tales about the, the stories of the uh, what happens with Tommy Lee and uh, Vince Neil and the women and drugs and fights and everything. I mean, it's just, they, they live the rock and roll lifestyle, no doubt about it. They absolutely did. Uh, of course, all their videos and whatnot, and of course, if you've seen the movie The Dirt, I think that probably uh, shows pretty inaccurate uh, uh, views of really what happened back in the day, but of course, I'm sure it was a little watered down as well. They can only show so much on TV, you know, for, for a documentary as such. Right, right. So, let's just kind of give a little bit of history about Motley Crue. Um, you know, they debuted in 1981. Their, um, their first big album was really... Um, called it was Too Fast for Love, 1981, followed by Shout at the Devil, which I guess really Shout at the Devil was probably their their first big song, and they were heavy metal. I mean, it was definitely heavy metal, and then they transitioned more into the glam rock with Theater of Pain, 1985, which um, was a multi-platinum album along with Shout at the Devil. Then they followed that up with uh, Girls, Girls, Girls in 1987, where you had I mean, a super popular song and video, along with Wild Side, which is one of my favorite um, uh, songs from Motley Crue. And then, uh, basically about 31 years ago from today, they launched the the album of uh, Dr. Feelgood, which was their top-selling album of all time, their only album to go to number one on the U.S. Billboard charts, led by the song of Dr. Feelgood. So, to kind of give a, a good theme and vibe getting into Motley Crue, let's kick it off with reminiscing about Dr. Feelgood with Motley Crue.
just a little taste of Dr. Feelgood. And Brian, let me tell you, that is my favorite Motley Crue song of all time. And just the energy starting out that song with the, the drums with Tommy Lee, the great guitar from McMars. Um, you know, it just gets you pumped up and ready to go. And then, of course, um, Vince Neil's lyrics are just fantastic. I mean, if that song doesn't get you pumped up, I don't know what will. I remember the day that video came out. And, uh, of course, MTV was a thing then. And, of course, we're, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yes, they have killed it. They crushed it with this song. Uh, I feel the same way, man. It got me excited. And, of course, the rest of the album just rocked. Yeah, no, just to kind of give some background on that that album there. Um, I mean, you had Dr. Feelgood as the, the main lead song. It was, it was number one song on the Billboard uh, hit list. I mean, just a great, great song. Um See, another big song on that one was Kickstart My Heart, which we'll get to in just a second, which that one was actually based on a real-life scenario with Nikki Six, where, I mean, literally he was dead. They had to resuscitate him after, a, like, a drug overdose, so that's where that came from. But just a yeah. tremendous song. Yeah, that was a, uh, that song will make every teenager drive faster than they should, especially if they have a, a, a stick shift. Exactly. At least, so, of course, I was guilty of that back in the day, and then, of course, you know, Every uh, teenager wants a real nice stereo. I had uh, uh, 21 speakers in my car at the time, and it just rocked. Of course, you know, you put in some Molly Crew, and it just made it even better. Right. Yeah, so it, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, I want to talk about the members of the band because, I mean, you know, just legends. When you think of Vince Neil, I mean, you know, this guy was like one of the, the pretty boy front men of the era, like your Axl Rose and your... Um, uh, Brett Michaels from Poison. I mean, you ha you always that was the the key for a successful band at that time. And Vince Neil, I mean, this guy has like survived major car crashes. I think he lives in Nashville now, but I mean, just a wild guy. But I mean, talk about your your thoughts on Vince Neil and his contributions to Motley Crue. Oh, uh, if you look at the band as a whole, they have, they have, they make a great, incredible team. He his vocals are so powerful. He had an air about him that just uh, stood out, uh, very loud, just aggressive, and not afraid, not afraid to push buttons. And I think just all the personalities kind of trickled down from him uh, with their egos or whatnot, but uh, excellent front man. Yeah. Excellent. You know what was funny about that um, with um, just the Dr. Feelgood album? They were talking about the recording, and the, the guy that was in charge of the recording was a guy named uh, Bob Rock. And they were like, he said, basically, he found working with Motley Crue very difficult. He called them, quote, for L.A. badasses who used to drink a bottle of wine and want to kill each other. So to minimize conflict for the recording, he had each member record their parts separately, which is kind of true with Motley Crue. It's like they break up for a while, then they come back for a reunion tour, and I think they had a, a retirement tour in 2015. Uh, and then they were, they were back, and they were going to tour this year before COVID hit, and I was going to go, so I was looking forward to that. But just some wild personalities. Um, so let's talk about another very famous member of Motley Crue, and that's their drummer, Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee is almost more famous for his the women he's dated as opposed to, uh, and he's been married to as opposed to his music. And he's a tremendous drummer, but, I mean, he's been married to Pamela Anderson. He's been married to Heather Locklear. I mean, talk about... Tommy Lee. Oh, I could talk about this guy a long time. When I was a kid, uh, of course, you know, you get influenced by your heroes. 
and he played drums. He he just he just went wild on the drums. I always wanted a drum set because of him, uh, and uh, just uh, his attitude behind the drums. It kind of reminded me of uh, Animal on the on the Muppets. Remember that as a kid? <laughs> That's a good and, analogy uh, right there. Yeah, and it's funny. Uh, I was living in St. Louis, and he had a signing one day. It was kind of like a, uh, a, a some kind of signing before. It, uh, Molly crew came through town. I think it was about 05. And luckily, I finally got to meet the guy. And he was cool and, you know, signed my stuff and uh, shook hands, got a good picture. And uh, But, you know, that was just icing on the cake, getting to meet your uh, childhood uh, music idol. You know, but he's, he's excellent, man. And he, uh, you got to see him in concert. And that's, we can talk about that in a few minutes. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and that's the thing, I think, with Tommy Lee is, you know, with all the, the personal life issues that he had and the you know celebrity relationships and stuff like that people forget how awesome of a drummer he is oh it's phenomenal phenomenal so the next member of the band i want to talk about is uh nikki six nikki six is actually one of the guys who helped coordinate uh coordinate motley crew um of course you know he's just like everybody else in Motley Crue seems to be married to a, a, at one time to some beautiful model. He was married to Donna D'Errico, who was on Baywatch for a while. But th- like I mentioned earlier, the Kickstart My Heart song was actually about him. Because all of these guys from Motley Crue had drug problems at one point or another. And literally, I mean, he was l- legally dead at some point, And they restarted him and basically kickstarted his heart. And then he was back. So it was just kind of an amazing story to be able to come back from that and still, you know, after that, they put up together Dr. Feelgood. And, uh, you know, he does a lot of the writing for them, stuff like that. So a very talented guy. Um, and so in tribute to him being back, let's listen to Motley Crue and Kickstart My Heart. <laughs> Kickstart your uh, kickstart my heart from Motley Crue and Brian. I forgot to make a little announcement. I 
had to kind of joke about it when I had Scott on. We uh, uh, did a review of ACDC's Back in Black. This episode is brought to you by the Fair Use Doctrine of the United States Patent and Trademark Law, which basically, since we are doing an evaluation of these albums, allows us to discuss it and play the music without having to pay a royalty or hopefully getting sued. So please don't sue us. By the way, the show is not for profit, so I'm not making any money. But anyway, all that legal jargon out of the way. Talk to me about that song. I mean, another high-energy song. Get your rump... uh, Revved up, ready to go. I tell you what, uh, kickstart my heart. Like I said, uh, made every teenager speed back in exactly. the day, and of course, uh, I'm sure it was the beginning of many workouts for most people, and probably still today. And of course, uh, anything to get you a little bit more motivated for that day. Funny, I've got a buddy of mine. Uh, he and his dad would listen to Kickstart My Heart before they would go out to go deer hunting. I mean, how funny is that? Deer hunting. <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that hilarious? Yes. <laughs> it's a true story. But uh, fantastic song. Uh, if that doesn't get you going, you know, get your day a little bit better, I don't know what your problem is because that definitely uh, gets me excited every time I hear that song. Yeah, and just the drumming in that, I mean, is just amazing. Um, you know, the energy and stuff, but also the guitar. And that leads me into the final member of uh, Motley Crue I want to talk about, and that's Mick Mars. He's he's the, the, the short guy with the big hat. Not like Slash, but I mean, you know, he's quiet, doesn't really talk as much, but um, he's really the best musician in all of Motley Crue. He's the, the guitarist that makes it happen, and um, just a great, great guitarist, and, um, you know, talk about his his contributions with Motley Crue. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah, you, you said just right. He's uh, extremely quiet, uh, very introverted, but he's very skilled uh, in his... Uh, and his talent playing guitar, lead guitar. I might, the guy crushes it. And if you, if you want to know how much of a uh, his work ethic, the poor guy's had ankylosis spondylitis since 2005 and is still being able to play. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. No, I mean, tr- truly amazing. And the thing about it is, is you think about Motley Crue now, I mean, these guys are, you know, mid-50s, late-50s, um, and still touring and, and things like that. And their last album that came out in connection with the Dirt um, documentary, it went to number one. So they still have staying power after all these years. That's, a, that's incredible. I think Mick Mars is in his 60s, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he was older than everybody. Uh, he probably is. So just kind of going through the album of uh, Dr. Feelgood and a little bit of history about that album. Um, it released on September 1st, 1989. Um the top singles from that were Dr. Feelgood, Kickstart My Heart, Without You, which is the classic um, rock ballad, slow ballad, that a lot of those 80s rock bands had to have. Um, Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away, which Motley Crue uh, with Vince Neil and Tommy Lee have probably said to numerous women many times. <laughs> Same Old Situation was also a very popular one. Um, so an overall, a really great album. Um, just in the reviews, it was their best reviewed music album. Motley Crue has been criticized in the past for just kind of being more uh, show rather than music talent, but uh, they got uh, great marks on this one. And actually, uh, Dr. Feelgood and Kickstart My Heart were nominated for Grammy Awards for the best hard rock performances of 1990 and 1991. They didn't win, but they still um, were nominated, and they got heavy metal 
album of the year at the American Music Awards in 1991 for Dr. Feelgood. So, great album. So, who, who, beat him, who beat him out? Who got number one? Well, um, Living Color got uh, the song of the year that year in uh, 1991. Okay. So, th th that's definitely a good band. You know, it's kind of interesting, too, with um, some of the name of the songs, because I did listen to all this stuff. One thing about with Motley Crue is they're kind of like ACDC. Their songs are basically about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I was just looking through the album name here and stuff like that. I mean, they've got a song here that call, it's called She Goes Down. I mean, Rattlesnake Shake, Slice of Your Pie. I'm like, they definitely earned their... Um, the, the sticker on the cover of the album that says explicit lyrics. But, hey, that's that's the life that they live, and that's what they're singing about, that's and what, their fans seem to eat it that's up. What, yeah, that's what sold. And if you look at this, uh, everybody liked Kiss back in the day, and that's what Kiss did. Mm -hmm. And then everybody just made their own better music, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, you're correct. They uh, definitely had a uh, hidden agenda in each song you're talking about. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Um, one thing about the Motley Crue is their concerts are just over the top. And I know you've been to a bunch of them. Talk about what it's like to go to a Motley Crue concert. Oh, gosh. I've sat front row before. I've sat a little bit back before. Uh, phenomenal show, high energy. Uh, Tommy Lee always puts on an excellent drum solo. Uh, there's fire. There's booms that you, you get it all i mean you get it all um i think the last time i saw him was uh, here in nashville uh maybe five years ago when tommy lee came out on some kind of a roller coaster type drum set that went way out in the crowd and it was just uh, you got your money's worth let's just put it that way well with tommy Phenomenal. lee you never know what he's gonna come out wearing sometimes he just comes out in his underwear <laughs> i don't remember him doing that but definitely uh I mean, it's it's phenomenal, phenomenal. Well, I've been. I wish they were. Uh, I wish this COVID thing hadn't hit this time because, like you mentioned, I, my wife and I had tickets for them here in Nashville, and uh, like luckily they're redoing their uh, rescheduled the concert for I believe next May or next June, mm -hmm. and it's going to be it's going to be on a Saturday, which is going to be good. But yeah, they're if you had never seen them, uh, you got to add it to your bucket list. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think on that tour, um, it was going to be. It was Motley Crue, I think Def Leppard, I think Heart, and it was Poison on that tour? And Poison, yes sir. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you got some great bands right there. Um, I, I tell you one thing about Motley Crue, I've been to a lot of concerts. I've been to you know, ACDC, Aerosmith, Metallica, um, gosh, who else? I went to U2, um, but I don't think any, uh, Guns N' Roses, but I don't think any band brings any more attractive women to their concerts than Motley Crue. <laughs> I mean, both times I went, I think it was um, this group, that, I guess they were groupies, I don't know. But anyway, they were like at every concert that I went to, and they were called the Hotly Crew. But it was like, I mean, perfect tens going through there, and it was just like, I, I just couldn't believe it. And usually now, they what, found what, their way backstage. What city was that? Was that in Miami? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. I gotcha. But uh, anyway, they uh, always had a, a good show, and 
You know, the next song I want to talk about is um, really the first album that I got familiar with them on, and it was 1987, and that's the Girls, Girls, Girls album, and um, it was a huge hit, um, multi-platinum, didn't reach number one like Dr. Feelgood did, it reached number two, um, only being bested by Whitney Houston, which is understandable. Talk about the songs like um, that Girls, Girls, Girls album that had like that song and Wild Side, I mean, just the 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 vibe from those. Uh, oh yeah, this was this was definitely a, a good album. Uh, of course, Wild Side got every kid ready to rebel against their parents. If you you know back in the day, and of course the uh, the girls, girls, girls referenced. I think most every city in the United States gave a shout out. And um, then I believe they had a uh, an album or a song of their Jailhouse Rock. That uh, yep. it was an old Elvis Presley song, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Uh, as a whole, I didn't like the album as a whole that much. I only really liked two to three songs, mm. but the two songs were really, really good. Yeah. Wild Side, Wild Side, and Girls, Girls, Girls. I think everybody can kind of relate to some of that. Yep. Well, so let's kick off a reminiscing of the Girls, Girls, Girls album with the song Girls, Girls, Girls.
Well, I think that song would accurately depict the lifestyle of Motley Crue in the video, too. Yeah, that's, they lived a wild life, didn't they? They, they did. So, all right, and the, the second song from that album that I thought was just fantastic is Wild Side. And that's another one where, I mean, literally, like, if you're on an open road, you hear this song, it definitely goes a little bit faster. So, here is Motley Crue's Wild Side.
is Wild Side from Motley Crue. What a song, what a song. Yeah. You know, I think of all my favorite uh, Motley Crue songs, and if, if I had to rank them, I mean, I'd, I'd rank Dr. Feelgood number one. I think I'd vote for Wild Side number two. I, I just really love that song and the energy. I mean, it's, just, it's got a lot of good energy for sure, man. You nailed it. Yeah. I, I agree with you on both of those. Absolutely. And, you can't, you, and you can't leave out Kickstart My Heart. Those top, those top three are almost interchangeable for me, I guess, depending on my mood. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, I mean, I really like the Girls, Girls, Girls song, too. I mean, I guess between that and Kickstart My Heart, that's like a 3-4. I can flip them. But, and, of course, uh, when he, and when he comes out live, they bring motorcycles out and actually do the, the motorcycle, revving up the motorcycle before the song comes on. Yeah. yeah, and I always mean, pretty neat. Yeah, I, I just always like their songs. I mean, the thing about it is, is, you know, sometimes people debate, well, who is the greater band of the 80s? Uh, as far as the the glam rock and the you know '80s rock, you know people debate Guns and Roses, M Motley Crue. Some people throw in Poison, but I don't I don't think Poison gets to the level of Motley Crue and and Guns and Roses. I mean, Appetite for Destruction was just such a a major major album for Guns and Roses. I mean, Motley Crue's best selling album, Doctor Feelgood, sold six million, whereas Appetite for Destruction sold like twenty million. And that's not even getting you to ACDC, who sold $50 million for Back in Black. But as far as the 80s glam rock bands, I mean, it's hard to, to go against Guns N' Roses, but the thing is, Guns N' Roses just didn't have the longevity in the number of albums that Motley Crue did. No way. Ego, man. Ego gets people, you know? Yeah. So, and in that's fairness, I think Motley Crue's um, shows are better than Guns N' Roses, because I don't think Axel is that good in, in concert. You know, I've never seen as, Guns N' Roses in concert after, after Axl Rose had his badog, you know, issue, issues with them and whatnot. I just kind of lost interest in seeing them live. But I've seen Molly Crew, gosh, maybe 15 times. Several. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to that 20, uh, 21, 2021 concert, which that would be, it would be the 40-year anniversary of Motley Crue since they were formed in 1981, which seems hard to believe. You know, this band's been around for 40 years, but, I mean, that's just talking about the test of time here and how they've, yes, they've had their problems, but they've stuck around in one way or another. And plus, with the lifestyle that they live, I mean, it's amazing that they're still alive. They've definitely uh, been able to, to withstand the test of time, for sure. I can't believe 40 years. Yeah. I mean, we're get, that means we're getting old. It, it does. It does. You know, sadly enough, that means we're getting old. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, every time I just hear the word Motley Crue, it just puts a smile on my face because it reminds me of being young, carefree, and, uh, you know, just jamming out. Because think about it. Uh, there's not any good rock and roll music anymore. Well, I guess it depends on where you are in the venue. Like, when I was in Miami, we didn't have any rock stations that played the modern rock. We had a classic rock station based out of Fort Lauderdale, and that was it. So that's why, like, bands, when they come down, like, it would be Def Leppard and Motley Crue and stuff. Um, but they were always playing Fort Lauderdale. I mean, we've got a few that are starting to come down to Miami. I know Bush played down there. But the thing is, is it's not... They're, great, they're great in concert, too. Huh? They're great in concert as well, Bush. Yeah, no, they put on a great show down there. But the thing is, is in, once you get um, out of um, Miami, Fort Lauderdale will have 
you know, a lot of classic rock people, and of course they go down to the Hard Rock Casino, but it's not really until you get up to like Tampa and Orlando where you have the modern rock station. So if those newer bands aren't getting the playtime, that's hard for them to, to build that audience. Whereas, you know, if you have all these stations for country or uh, hip-hop, rap, R&B, whatever, I mean, you you got to have the play. But I'll say this, there are... I'm seeing more and more of these 80s bands. I mean, you look at Def Leppard come around. I mean, they're they're selling out their shows. Um, Motley Crue, I mean, they were selling out. Um, gosh, who else was it? It was um, Journey. They were selling out. Um, I mean, anytime Metallica goes on tour or Aerosmith, they sell out still. Um, well, absolutely, so. absolutely. Those are all great bands. Seeing every one of them in concert, the... Uh, out of all those you mentioned, I'd have to say uh, Journey did, didn't stand stand the times too well. Of course, they had the backup singer. I think he was sick when I saw him. Mm-hmm. That was that was in Louisville, but uh, all great bands. If you've never seen those bands, you've got to see them. Yeah. Well, and, um, you know, they are having more and more new bands that are coming out. It's just that with MTV not really being a music station anymore. I mean, they play all these reality shows and stuff like that. That hurts these bands because back in our day growing up, I mean, they were full of videos from Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Poison and Def Leppard and Michael Jackson, you know, all that stuff. And so people would be glued to MTV and they'd see these videos. And now it's like, I guess it's more YouTube and I don't know where they see it all, but... Well, yeah, you can, you can find a lot of things on YouTube still, but there was nothing like the old school MTV. I mean, that's how you found out about songs, you know? Yeah. Well, what about Nashville, though? I mean, that's you know, one of the music hotbeds in the whole country. I mean, I know you know country is obviously a, a very popular down there with recording and stuff, but I know they do a lot of recording for rock music. So I know uh, music. I know Aerosmith has recorded some albums down there. Yeah, and, and I've heard that too, and uh, I've, I understand that a few of them live here as well. Yeah, I've not seen them. In, I've not seen them out and about, but uh, but yeah, they, I think the better recording studios are here. Of course, they may get a tax break being in, in Tennessee. I, I don't know the, the, how all that stuff works, but right. um, you know, I would definitely like to see more rock bands coming out because there's you know all the rock songs that my wife and I listen to are things at least you know eight years ago. Mm-hmm. I think I think the most recent rock stuff that came out was Tool about a year ago. Yeah, well, Metallica just had a new album or a new maybe it was a new single that came out. Um, I mean, the Foo Fighters, which it was kind of hard to to imagine that they've been around for that long. I mean, really, you know, Dave Grohl. I mean, he's obviously known as a drummer for Nirvana, but the Foo Fighters have been around for a long time. I mean, at least over twenty years. Um, oh, at least over twenty years. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they draw really well. And um, trying to think of some of these others, but uh, I mean, they, they just don't have the name recognition with me like your '80s and '90s bands. I mean, Pearl Jam, I think, still plays from time to time. Um, I tell you, one band though that man, when they talk about great bands, a lot of times this band gets forgotten. But Alice in Chains, oh my gosh, are they fantastic, dude? I, I I've seen them. I don't know how many times. And a lot of people say, oh, man, I can't believe they're still around. I don't want to see them without Lane Staley. Well, I'll tell you what. I saw them with Lane Staley, and the guy never moved. They opened up for Kiss. And I was, I was 20 years old. I saw them at Freedom Hall, and they opened up for Kiss, and Lane Staley didn't move at all. 
Mm-hmm. He was like a mannequin. And then the new guy they got, uh, oh, his name's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, he's excellent in concert. He entertains and he's talented. Uh, they're they're awesome. Yeah. Well, and um, I do know here in Orlando, uh, they host the Earth Day Birthday Festival, and they've got Godsmack. Godsmack's a very popular newer band, and um, you know a lot of those bands come in and play and stuff, and they get good exposure there. But I still wish um, I, I don't think that they're at the level though where they sell out stadiums like what Motley Crue and you know Guns and Roses and Def Leppard and all those bands did back in the day. But, uh, uh, funny you mention. Funny you mentioned Godsmack. I saw Godsmack open for Molly Crew when I was living in Atlanta. And Godsmack came out and did a dual uh, drum solo, if you will. I guess it wouldn't be called a solo, duet, if you will. Yeah, duet. Two drums, two drums dueling with each other, drum kits. It was awesome. Well, two, uh, they were d- dueling with uh, Tommy Lee? No, they, uh, uh, Godsmack's drummer and then the lead singer. Of Godsmack, mm-hmm. both played drums against oh. each other, and then, and then some at the same time. Yeah, well, that's it was phenomenal. Cool. You can look it, you can look it up on YouTube. Yeah. Well, I guess getting back to Motley Crue, you know, one thing that they're very famous for as well, besides the high energy stuff, is that slower rock ballad. And I I would have to say that their most famous ballad is "Home Sweet Home." Um, you hear it all the time in movies and stuff like that. So to close our discussion and on Motley Crue, before we kind of get into what you're doing and how you're living your dream, let's play Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. Just when things went right, it doesn't mean they're hard with 
Great song there. Great song. I want to know where Tommy Lee learned how to play piano. Because here, here's a guy who just slammed away at the drums, okay? But he converts on a piano and plays a beautiful piece. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one of these things. Uh, a guy like Tommy Lee, I mean, he's just very, very talented. And like I mentioned earlier, some sometimes his musical talents just get overshadowed by his, his personal um, life and, you know, wild and stuff like that. But, I mean... You know, you see some of these people that you think, man, that guy's crazy or whatever, but they're like very, very talented in a whole bunch of things. And Tommy Lee's just that kind of a guy. Yeah, of course. The media is going to put what they want to put out too. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, Motley Crue led with Vince Neil on vocals, Nikki Six on background guitar, Tommy Lee on drums, and Mick Mars on lead guitar. That is Motley Crue. We have been reminiscing about them and their almost 40 years of bringing rock and stirring chaos throughout the world. So, so Brian, thanks so much for talking about Motley Crue and reminiscing with me. So uh, let's talk about um, So let's talk about um, you know how you're living your dream now. Of course, we met at Murray State. Brian was actually one of my neighbors uh, for a year. Lived across the hall from me. So. Um, you know, since Murray State, uh, you've gone on to be a successful chiropractor. And uh, talk about uh, what's going on with your chiropractor practice. Uh, yeah, it's been, been a long time, man. That was back in Murray, what, 20, let's, let's, let's just say over 20 years, okay? Let's, leave, let's be safe. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I own an um, integrated practice here in Nashville. We have both chiropractic and medical um, services. Uh, we specialize in spine correction, getting the spine healthy. And also, as people are aging, their joints are getting worse and getting pain in their joints. And people don't want to get knee replacements. So we have, we've been doing uh, regenerative medicine. So uh, we've been helping people regenerate their joints and had success. Of course, you know, you got to start with your doctors first. I've had it done in both knees and I had it done in my shoulder uh, actually, last night I've been having some shoulder pain for about three months, and uh, I'm, I'm tired of it. So I want to regenerate that joint for whatever damage I've done. But uh, you know, it's a great, great town, great city to be in. People are very nice here, and uh, we really, my wife and I, really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the practice and uh, the website? Uh, oh yeah, it's uh, Exodus Health Center. We're located in uh, Brentwood, uh, mm-hmm. in the Maryland Farms area. The website is exodushealthcenter.com. That's E-X-O-D-U-S-Center.com. There's also one in Atlanta, Georgia, but of course that's not us. We're in Brentwood, Tennessee, and uh, some people get those confused, uh, ironically. But yeah, we uh, we're here to help people, and uh, we we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, well, and you know the thing you mentioned, um, like with alternative medicine and the things like that, is. I mean, so many people are quick to go to surgery. And even like with me, I mean, just more stretching or different things through a chiropractor service or whatever. I mean, that's a way to avoid the surgery because, I mean, surgery is like the last resort. Yeah, I try to push people away from that best I can, at least advise them not to. Uh, but, you know, you're, you know, I'm not perfect in practice. There's been people who's had to have surgery under my watch. I hate to see it happen, but you know what? Sometimes you just, people have to have it. It's just, it's what it is. Right. But uh, if you went with a percentage of everybody that we've saved from having surgery versus not, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's amazing. Like, uh, for example, in 12 months, I love the stat. People like stats. 
in uh, 12 months time, I watched nine people put down their canes and I watched two people put down their walkers. That's great. That, that's uh, that, that's a, a life changing day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that, think- that, that makes it worth coming to work. You know, you help people like that. It just, it just warms your heart. Yep. Yeah. So um, talk about uh, living in Nashville and all the stuff, uh, exciting stuff going on there, because, of course, Nashville is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. Um, A lot of younger people, uh, well, of all ages are there because it's kind of the city where it offers a little bit of everything. It offers, uh, you know, homes with big yards. I mean, you got universities there. I mean, everything a big city could offer, but also you've got communities like Brentwood, where my brother actually lives in Brentwood, uh, and Franklin, a lot of those suburbs that offer the suburban life for people as well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think first with Nashville, you have to start with the people. The people here are awesome, man. I mean, very friendly. Uh, you know, uh, strangers speak to you or at least have a conversation with you or whatever way you're out doing your day, make you feel at home. Uh, my wife and I have been here two years. Uh, of course, you've got every every uh, music concert wants to come through here that mm-hmm. possibly can because, you know, Nashville is going to the south and whatnot. But, uh, of course, you know, with the whole uh, COVID situation, everything's been canceled. We had a nice little line of concerts to go to this year and haven't. And i tell you what, in Nashville, if you've never been to Nashville or if you uh, have wanted to come here to concerts or whatever or not, you've got to check out the Ryman. Have you been to the Ryman? I've not been to the Ryman. I tell you what, dude. It is. It is honestly. I've been to tons of tons of shows. It probably that uh, in, indoor shows that are small. I would have to rank the Ryman and the Palace in Louisville as like one two for inside. Yeah. Uh, Ryman being number one just because of the history and how it's set up and whatnot. And uh, best advice when you go, sit as close as you possibly can and pay the extra money to sit front row if you can. But do they only play country music concerts at the Ryman Auditorium? Do they only play country? No. Uh, Denise and I saw, true story, we saw, uh, for our first time, we saw Incubus there back in November. Okay. And I paid the extra money, and we sat front row like my drink was on the stage. Yeah. And honestly, that show was probably worth $15,000 to us because we will never, ever forget the experience. It's all about the experience when you go to these shows. Mm. And uh, somebody, you know, people have recorded YouTube shows or YouTubes of that of that actual show. And, of course, we're on the front row just having a good time. So, I mean, it's just like it's the memory that keeps on giving because people were filming it that we had no idea who they were. They just wanted to get the show filmed. But there we were. And, of course, my wife got to shake hands with the lead singer. And then we hung out with one of the guys outside the tour bus as we were leaving the show because we just had to walk by at the right time. But it just made the whole experience better. So, yeah, I mean, you get more things there at the Ryman besides just country shows. So you need, you need to check it out for sure. Right. Well, I guess one thing with Nashville as well is, I mean, when we get back to normal with sports, other than other than the NBA, I mean, they've got um, you know NFL football with the Titans. They've got the, the hockey team. They've got uh, an ML, a soccer team there now. They've got minor league baseball. I mean, they can pretty much offer any any sport – that you want to go see, other than That's basketball. Right. And, and you can go watch Vanderbilt. You. And you got, you, got, you got the NBA in Atlanta and Memphis, which is three hours either either way. Right. And then, and then you've also got, uh, they're talking about bringing a Major League Baseball team here. Yeah, you know, I think I, I heard about that. Because the thing is with Nashville now, you just got so many people. I mean, because if you think about it, 
I mean, if I think about the number of people that I went to high school with, whether it was at Reland before I went to Marshall County, then at Marshall County, and the number of people I went to school with at Murray State, most people are either, I'd say, less than the majority stayed in the Paducah area or whatever. Um, a fair number went to Louisville, but a lot of people are in Nashville. A lot of people from Kentucky have moved down there. And it's just because of the fact of all the opportunities there. And, you know, the pay scale is good. The tax rate is low, but it's just they offer a whole lot more that all these smaller towns just don't. And the thing about it is, is, you know, people our age and the people that graduate in the 80s that are in now 50 or whatever, they're not like our grandparents that would go and, you know, have dinner and stay home and watch TV and the 10 o'clock news and go to bed. It's that's the expectation of the clientele now, let alone the younger people. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's really grown. I notice traffic gets worse all the time. And yeah. Of course, uh, you know, if you're a realtor in this town, I mean, you're selling houses in two days, one day, mm-hmm. a week. You know, like like every house. If your house is on the market thirty days, it's it's a problem. Yeah, I guess. Um, didn't um, isn't Amazon building like a new facility there and bringing in a bunch of jobs? They're supposed to. I, I, I forget when it's going to be launched. I, I think it's in the, the next year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I know that downtown area. They've been developing a lot there. I mean, some of the condos that are down there. Eight hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars. I mean, they're they're more expensive than the ones in Miami. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's everybody wants to live here, man. I mean, it's a really nice town. Mm-hmm. Uh, food is good. Of course, you got great music. Yeah. Uh, you got hot, good hiking. The, the winters are mild. Mm-hmm. It rains a little bit more for my taste, but uh, I mean, you know, no place is going to be perfect for you. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just a great town overall. Yep. All right. Well, hey. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. We reminisced about Motley Crew and. Also glad to hear that your practice is doing well and that things are also going well in Nashville. Hey, I appreciate that, Ben. Uh, good talking to you. And, uh, of course, now uh, you got me listening to Molly Crew today. I, th- I think I'm going to go listen to him a little bit more. Yeah, you can head out to the gym or or a bike ride or a, a, a hike or something. There you go. All right, hey, well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, thank you, Ben. All right, have a good day. See you now. All right, bye. All right, so I'd like to thank my friend Brian Guest for coming on the show. Uh, enjoy catching up with him. First off, we try to stay in touch as, as often as we can. And, um, you know, talking about one of our favorite bands, Motley Crue. So I hope you all enjoy the show and uh, appreciate all the support you guys have been giving us. We are actually increasing our listening base by quite a bit. So glad everyone's enjoying the show and hope you all have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. Find us online at benandrodney.com and follow us on Instagram at benwilsonmiami.com.